0: Good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you are in the world today. My name is Paul Webb, I'm the founder of B2B Energy and you are listening to Energy Speaks Back. Energy Speaks Back interviews energy experts from around the world. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to episode 21 of Energy Speaks Back. Weekly, I present to you experts from around the world. Today, we are in Kenya. Our subject today is energy management in Kenya and its tourism sector. Our purpose, as always, is to provide a good understanding of energy management knowledge from around the world, which is available today for us to deliver energy savings and impact on our planet. Today, I'm joined by an environmental expert consultant who has experience in international donor-funded projects. She has conducted hundreds of hotel certification audits and coached various food operators towards sustainability. Her passion lies in environmental education to create awareness and engagement in the environmental responsibilities of individuals of different ages and corporates in different industries For a better future. Once again, we are very proud to be spotlights in Kenya on Energy Speaks Back. So, without any further ado, I give you Maxine Waity. Good afternoon, or should I say, good late afternoon, Maxine? And how are you today? I'm very well, thank
1: you. Uh, Just enjoying the day. It's a bit chilly today here in Kenya, but
0: really, yeah. Well, the UK, yeah. just to make you feel um, jealous, it's minus two today in the UK. Um, wow. Plenty of snow around, and I'm sure you you haven't got minus two. No, it's
1: probably 18 or
0: 18. 17. Oh, yes, so I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm the jealous one. I quite like 18 degrees. Maxine, we've been doing some really great stuff in Kenya. We've been doing some webinars and getting your country together regarding following energy management and the environment so for our listeners today can you give us some background to yourself of what you do in Kenya?
1: So I have a background in environmental science and from way way back I've always wanted to be a teacher I wasn't really sure what exactly I wanted to teach but then I got into the environmental studies field and I've been passionate about teaching people of different cultures of people about the environment. So that's basically what I've been doing. So where I started out, I started as a volunteer in a research organization that did marine and terrestrial research at the coast, but they also had a program for environmental education for kids. And that was sort of like my starting point in applying my knowledge of environmental education for children. So I did curriculums with children, I did uh, outdoor, a lot of outdoor education for them, and it was also a lot on uh, interpreting what people got from the marine and terrestrial research and trying to help the children understand about the environment, the implications of their actions, etc. Because uh, one thing that's for sure is that environmental education, it's important, yes, for Kenyan people, but it's not mainstreamed at all so a lot of uh, people are trying to you know uh, go into environmental education well not a lot but they're sort of now realizing the importance of it so that's where i started out and then i came back to nairobi so that was at the coast but then i came back to nairobi and i started working with a tourism association and there was just an association of hotels and tour operators mostly tourism and the mandate of that organization just called Tourism Kenya, it's actually trying to make tourism more sustainable. So uh, working with tour operators and accommodations using a certification that has different components in environmental management, in uh, promoting local cultures, in supporting local communities and you know just fair business. So a lot of uh, what I brought in is the environmental aspect. So I led in the certification of hotels and also with uh, tour operators, although the certification for tour operators was managed uh, in the Netherlands through a company called Shovel But a huge component of that also is environmental management because a lot of people, they don't seem to realize their impacts, their impacts on the environment. They sort of think that it's a way out there sort of topic but you have to make uh, information that is relevant to these audiences, like for example, to operators, You have to talk to them about how they manage their energy, how they manage their waste, how they can influence the different nations. For instance, how they can influence their clients into choosing more sustainable accommodations and things like that. So when you bring information that is relevant for the particular audience, then it's sort of like a call to action for them start being more sustainable and to start thinking about the environment and how they can contribute so that's what i've been doing for the last about four to five years and i started my own company very recently actually in the peak of the covid season
0: as you do as you do
1: <laughs> yeah so it is called green catalyst consultancy and uh, of course uh, it's focused a lot on environmental education, but I wanted to take this beyond tourism because a lot of my experience has been with tour operators and hotels, but I saw that all the other suppliers who were actually even supplying the tour operators, the manufacturers and all these other people, they also need this sort of training on the environment to get people to start caring about the environment. So I started with Catalyst Consultancy and. Yeah, just expanding the same type of concept, but to other people within different industries
0: beyond. Impressive uh, background you have there. There's a couple of things I'd like to pick up on. So firstly, the children, um, which I mean, I'm very, um, I found that very important level of training the next generations of um, children regarding energy management and the environment, the very important aspects. What age groups were you um, educating then?
1: Okay, because it was not uh, very well structured, so they will let you choose which age groups you want to work with. And I tried it from around uh, six years going up, so you can put them in different categories. So maybe you can take uh, people from class. Here, we used to call them class one, two, three, up to
0: eight.
1: Yeah, standard one, which is like class one, up to like standard uh, three. So you can do that as one group. So it's about age, um, maybe six or seven to around nine. And then now you take the next age group to another three years. So you can do however you want to do it. We had also a few with high schoolers. And uh, it was interesting because the, the younger children, they were more perceptive to these environmental issues. Mm-hmm. And they wanted to learn more. And the teenagers were like, "Mm, I don't know what I want to do. It's not (laughs) too interesting because, like I say, it's not been mainstreamed at all.
0: And, And you know, I can vouch for that uh, experience as well, because I've done some education. um, So when my children were at school, um, my son was um, in his last year getting ready to go into secondary school. So I went to the school and said, i would be happy to do some education and help them. And they were doing a, an eco um, sort of grading, which in, in the government was uh, bronze, silver and gold. And I helped them go from bronze to silver. And I had the privilege of, of um, educating five-year-olds right up to 10. Um, they couldn't do the energy surveys with me. So what I did is I'd done the energy survey, then I presented it back to them. And it was as wow. if they did the energy survey. And they really, really engaged really enjoyed it um and for me it was very rewarding um to do yeah. that as well and i quite enjoyed that um, so let's, let's touch on the hotels because um i've been very fortunate and lucky to travel to kenya um myself um in i think 1998 i think i had the privilege of going there beautiful country and the hotels are amazing and very high high star level, I think the five plus star, um, very mm-hmm. impressive. Even the ones on safari were very impressive. So it's, it's a very large um, part of your uh, sector, your, your country's sector regarding economy. How many mm-hmm. hotels are, are spread across Kenya in total? Is it significant?
1: It is significant. Now, the funny thing is that I cannot tell you the total number of hotels because interestingly enough, we don't have concrete data about that, right. but we do have like the ones that are rated. They we have the star rating by the government and they can give you the total. Of course, we have hundreds and hundreds of them. But you'll find that a lot of them are clustered around like the main tourism hotspots, like in the, within the game parks, reserves and conservancies. Yeah. Is like the Maasai Mara and Angosayi that's in Rift Valley of Kenya. We have some up north, northern Kenya in Samburu, uh, and a lot of them at the coast, because we have a beautiful beautiful yeah. coastline, and we sell a lot of, well, we used to sell a lot of, a lot of uh, sun and sand. Right now, with the changing climate, I'm, I'm actually a bit worried if that is a product that we can continue yeah. selling because it was something that we could sell like all year round. But mm-hmm. now things are changing. Of course the weather is changing. We we don't have snow yet, not at the coast. But, uh, <laughs> but I out, <laughs> it's raining a lot more. So yeah. of course the sun aspect is affected.
0: Yeah. And
1: uh but yes they're they're very very Main number of hotels, and if I can say, like in terms of uh, the hotels that are being certified as sustainable versus the others, though I don't have a concrete number, it could be one is two, 200. But because certified hotels are really there, not many,
0: yeah. And is there some form of um green uh, tourist campaign there? Is there a tourist board, a green tourist board that you can be associated to? any policies that are developing
1: yes yes there is we have a kenyan tourism board and they do a lot of the marketing for the kenyan uh, kenyan destination as a whole and uh, also specific properties as well but a lot of the um, the accommodations they tend to do their own marketing because you'll find that fortunately or unfortunately most of them are actually foreign owned and so let me for example, you're from the UK, right? And then you come here and invest and you have a property in Mombasa. So you will get a lot of your clients from the UK and you're able to fill up your accommodation because again, we rely heavily on international markets as well. So the uh, foreign investors here in the country, they do a lot of their own marketing for their own properties and their destination. Uh, to their home countries. And that's how they're able to get lots of tourists in. Uh, but yes, the Kenyan tourism board also does. Market. And what
0: about uh, government policy regarding um, energy?
1: Uh, the government policy regarding energy, well, it's, let me say, it's an interesting concept here in Kenya because a lot, a lot of our energy from the national power supply, supplies actually it's green in a way because it's hydrothermal, most of it. Right. And also it's uh, geothermal. And now we have like one of the biggest uh, wind farms right now at Kiteto. So at least it is renewable. Uh, there was plans to have a coal plant in Lamu, which is one uh, big tourist hotspot. And there was a big outcry from yeah. people and also from the international community. And it didn't go through but sometime last year. So that was actually very remarkable because of course Kenya is looking to industrialize we have like the vision 2030 and energy is, is a key thing I mean if you're moving in that direction but what kind of energy are you looking at and in terms of the hotel sector there's also like a, we have um, an energy act that also touches on use of solar power if you're heating more than 100 liters of water in a day. So a lot of hotels will fall into that category. And that has seen a lot of hotels uh, going to solar power. Uh, So the the challenge right now is actually the enforcement. We don't have the capacity to enforce this fully, but because the law is there, we've seen a lot of people embracing it. And also the good thing about uh, the hotels, a lot of them are off grid, but except the ones at the coast and within the major towns. So all those when you go to safaris, Namara and Samburu, you'll find that most of these places are off-grid and they usually do use solar, but they, it's sort of mixed because they will have, most of them will have diesel generators and a couple of them will be fully on solar. A few have, I have uh, audited two that had wind power, but then that's it. And also the rest are on the grid. So the commitment to renewable energy is there. We definitely need more enforcement in terms of uh, the the huge energy consumers, so to yeah. call them. And and I think we have like the potential to harness a lot of solar energy. I mean, it's very uh, sunny most of the time here. The temperatures are great. So yeah, we have a huge potential for solar, definitely, and for wind. If you talk to Jesse as well, he can tell you, like, the
0: statistics. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jesse. I'm
1: sure. Jesse, got
0: like- my, <laughs> my, Jesse just planned to come on my uh, podcast soon. What we've got, yeah. Jesse and Festus, I think you you work in a very good trio where, uh, you know, you're looking at the energy management side, Jesse's looking at the supply side, and then you've got Festus on the other side regarding the, the, the tree um industry and 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 sort of doing the the carbon absorption which is perfect on the environment exactly Um, so tell me so we've got the hotel sector which is a big part so is there much industry that um needs to comply to this energy management
1: yes yes we do have there's quite a bit in the industrialization sector we have like a lot um, of industries and manufacturers under the kenya association of manufacturers they also consume quite a bit, a bit, of energy but you will find that most of them are actually within Nairobi so right. they are on the grid and that solves a lot of their energy issues outright yeah. and now also this is a move to have this sort of like a circular economy where you can move things from one um, yeah. industry provide energy to the next so that's, that's still like on paper. There are people who are trying to do it. I cannot tell you how many so far. Yeah. But yeah, that's, that's also something we can look at in terms of alternative energy using biomass, for instance. But yeah.
0: So the country for me sounds very advanced at what you're doing. You've got your renewables. There seems to be some focus on circular economy. There seems to be focus on energy management, especially in the hotel sector. Where, where, where do you think your gaps are?
1: Okay, our gaps are, first of all, in, uh, in the hotels, I've just mentioned that a lot of them are using solar power, but it's not a 100% solar power, unless they're very small camps. That way, it's easier to manage. But you'll find, like, uh, big lodges and hotels that are off-grid, a lot of them will still use diesel and maybe just use solar for water heating only. Yeah. Uh, this is because they're not, I don't know if uh, the problem is just the, the infrastructure or just getting the right equipment, because they they say that they cannot sustain themselves on just solar for that capacity of the camp, because they say the investment is really huge. And so a lot of people don't get in because of the initial investment. And I think what is also lacking is uh, health solid education on that this money will eventually, you know, pay itself back. They don't see the economics of it. It it doesn't make sense. And they have had the systems using diesel generators that have been working for them for years and years. Like I say, the tourism industry is not like one of the oldest industries in Kenya. And uh you come in like Maxine here with my environmental knowledge and I will try to convince these people who've been running this hotel for 30 40 years that hey, look, there's a better way to do this and your money will eventually come back. Yeah. But then they're, they're just they're not seeing it because this is how they've been doing it. They've been making money, they don't see why they should, you know, invest in all of this. Yeah. So there's this uh, there's not enough education, especially on the economic aspect because people want to have their money come back to them. Yeah. Um, and also the environmental aspect of things is just, it's not mainstreamed. And it, which what is funny is because they're in the tourism industry that relies a lot on the environment and the climate being stable it may use this huge... Diesel generators, I'm emitting this much tons of carbon years and I'm affecting the very environment that I, you know, I get my living from. Yeah. So they don't look at it that way. And, and I think we need to sort of really shift our focus in how we look at things and take the responsibility in our hands. I mean, if I want my hotel to be there in the next 10, 15 years, clearly yeah, yeah, I must,
0: you exactly. know, exactly.
1: improve, adapt to the changing times.
0: Yeah. So how many how many people like you, as experts in the environment world and the energy management world, trying to drive this? Is there many of the vaccines in the world in Kenya?
1: Uh, for me in the hotel industry, let me just be honest. Like uh, within the certification, there's only one Kenyan owned certification that's from a company I used to work with. It's called EcoTrees in Kenya, and they have that standard uh, for certification of hotels, a sustainability certification. Let me be very clear, because you can probably certify hotels on different things. Yeah. And it's a it's a very small company. If you tell, uh, it's a small organization with a huge mandate. Mm. So there's not, there's not really many of us. There's a lot of people talking about renewable energy, definitely. There is a lot of people talking about, you know, uh, being more eco-conscious, definitely. But just really uh, focused on the hotel industry, no. And then there's also another company that uh, does um, capacity building also for sustainable tourism. But there, uh, there is a lot of focus on community engagement because, again, that's another thing that we've uh, realized that people are reaping a lot from tourism, but the local communities are not getting as, as much as they should because they're contributing to a lot of cultural tourism. So that other companies is very much focused on community issues. So in terms of the environment and in the hotel sector, to be honest, it's not.
0: So how can, how can we work with the hotel groups to get that knowledge back into them regarding webinars and more hotel-based, possibly, and more industry sector-based? Well, what's your thoughts on doing that?
1: Yes, exactly. There There is, and I think that's, that's a good way to know. Like I, I usually say, the recipe for success is just giving people relevant information and a call to action. Uh, just in line with this, there's a... Back in 2018, I applied for a small grant to do research and it was actually on carbon emissions from diesel generators in the Maasai Mara. And mm-hmm. it went through and I did like a basic um, model of calculating, it's a mathematical thing. It's not my own, I borrowed it from somewhere and calculated carbon emissions from three properties. Uh, just based on their diesel use. And you can see how it was going up, especially during the high season and whatnot. Of course, it's not, um, well, not an air quality expert, but it's just, it's a basic way of showing them, like, potentially, this is how much carbon you're emitting. And once you prevent this information that is very much relevant to this target audience, and they see, oh, my God, yes, this is our impact. We have to do something about it. Because just having a general sort of training on, hey, carbon is not good for the environment and this is global warming, it doesn't really, you know, bring out a call to action. You need something that is very specific, that's very targeted to that particular audience to make them, you know, start shifting their thinking and their behavior and to contribute positively to the, you know, to the to climate action. So, yeah, so this is something we can definitely do. And if it's well tailored and suited for the hotel industries, it's definitely going to be more impactful because it is education that is meant for them. Yeah.
0: So, I've, I've done a lot of work with hotel groups in the UK and um, I've got a lot of experience of, of working with them regarding their energy management side, which falls in line with well, what they need to be doing regarding saving. Get them saving in kilowatt hours, improving uh-huh. their profits this is the the important thing it's going to increase their profits and at the same time make yes. the environment better so now sometimes they need to be focused on the profits rather than the environment, but they all like to be green. I think that is an important aspect and um, yeah if what I'm finding um as some feedback to your country um from where I am at the moment, I'm getting. A lot of um, individuals from Kenya are approaching me um, wanting to learn more about being an energy expert, about being part of this learning curve um, for the country. So there is a lot of people out there that are willing to join your your sort of following of of doing energy management in your country. So just to let you know, there's a lot of people. You're not just on your own there. (laughs) There's other people that are willing to join you. Um, which I think we should try and pull them all together um, on on a webinar and and start to teach people how we can then. It's been really lovely catching up with you. Is there anything that you can give the industry today or your country, a message for your country today as a takeaway for the listeners? Because there's quite a few people listening to this from, from Kenya. Okay.
1: For me, I would say that the time for action is now. And we cannot just let the responsibility be with the government and the NGOs. It's our home, it's our planet, it's my responsibility, it is your responsibility, you know, to, to uh, think about your choices to contribute positively to the environment. And it doesn't just have to be on energy, it could be on any matter of things, it could be even on waste management, for instance. I mean, if you choose not to use a plastic straw and one million people in Kenya decided we're not going to use a plastic straw, that's one million plastic straws out of the environment. So just making daily personal choices and and taking it as your personal responsibility, that's the only way we're going to save this planet. It's it's not the government's job. It's your job.
0: Yes, very true words there. And thank you for that. And thank you for sharing that. It's really true. Um, so, Maxine, it's lovely to catch up with you. Um, yeah, I've just been very excited having you on the, the podcast today. Um, I've got a lot of passion for Kenya. Um, you know, Being there and seeing the beauty of it, it's, it's an amazing country. Um, thank you for joining us. And I'd like to say you and your family, I know your mum, obviously, please be safe. Um, you can give her office back now. She'd be. I'm sure she'll have a big smile on her face. Um, so, please. You be safe, you and your family. So thank you very much.
1: And well, Thank you so much, Paul, for having me. This is my first, first podcast. I'm excited. It's been interesting. <laughs> and I can't wait to see uh, what future partnerships, collaborations we could have. So yeah, so let's grow Team UK, Kenya for a better planet.
0: I Excellent. <laughs> I'm sure we can all, all help each other. So thank you very much
1: all right thank you thank you for having me you too bye bye
0: thank you for listening today and thank you to my special guest and if you want to know more about managing your third largest expense please go to our website on b2benergy.co.uk that leaves me with one more thing to say be safe